One live in five, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast that goes with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts. We're not going to throw numbers at you. We're not a couple of critics. We're just going to be asking that question that you ask every time you watch a movie. So did you like it? I am Sir Square, and I am joined, as always, with my lovely co-host. Say hi, lovely co-host. I'm a two-tone, zebra-headed, slime-coated, pimple-farming, paramecium brain, munching on my own mucus, suffering from Peter Pan envy. But you can call me Kaz. Oh, it's just art every week. And that's right. This week we <laughs> checked out Hook, uh, a story by uh, Jim V. Hart and Nick Castle, directed by Steven Spielberg, Starring the great Dustin Hoffman and the late great Robin Williams. This is a simple new telling of Peter Pan asking the question, what if Peter Pan grew up? And that's, that's, the, that's the easiest way to put this movie. It's uh, Peter Pan leaving Neverland, growing up, losing touch with who he is, and then having to go back to Neverland to save his children from his arch enemy, the dread Captain Hook. And this is a movie I grew up on. Um, I watched this movie a ridiculous number amount of times when I was a kid. I saw it once in college. The, the important question we have to start off with is, is this technically an isekai? Hello, this is the editor speaking. Kaz and Squaren get a little excited about this isekai situation and forget to define it. And if you're like me, you could sure use that definition. So, an isekai is a Japanese genre of portal fantasy. It includes many different kinds of storytelling that revolve around a person or people who are transported to and have to survive in another world, such as a fantasy world, virtual world, another planet, or a parallel universe. Ooh, man, asking the heavy-hitting questions at the beginning. Always, always. Now I really gotta break this down. Well, hmm, he didn't... Oh, that is right. He did get teleported to basically a new world. He just flew in between two stars and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, we're in Neverland. <laughs> so I guess you are right. This is technically an isekai. Wow, just coming in strong at the very beginning. I like this energy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, the premise alone is either like it sounds very like overly like interesting and or it sounds sacrilegious because Peter Pan is the boy who doesn't grow up to make a movie that's a sequel to Peter Pan. That's like, yeah, he grew up, and now he's going back. <laughs> His name is Peter Banning now, and he is a lawyer that deals in land acquisitions now. Oh, geez, that's as far from Peter Pan as you can get. <laughs> Peter, you've become a pirate. <laughs> Doesn't he say that when he when that part that I just quoted at the beginning where he's like exchanging like insults with Rufio? Doesn't he say like something along like "Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer." <laughs> yes, exactly. Or uh, no, no. When so basically, like on a a night when he is with uh, Grandma Wendy, and we will get back to that. Jay Hook, Captain James Hook has found him and his children and kidnapped his children. So when he goes to Neverland, the first thing, one of the first thing he shouts when he like reveals himself to all the pirates on the boat is, you guys better have a good legal representation and he better be better than me. Mm -hmm. He's a very sure of himself lawyer. Yeah, it sounds like he's relatively successful aside from like when his kids are, are being pains in the asses. That usually seems to happen, coincide with him not having a good uh, deal going down. Yeah. Because whatever he's trying to negotiate, it seems like he's doing great. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. Even his son is like, yeah, he slams people. He always oh, drops the hammer, all that stuff. Like, his son sings his accolades and all that shit. But then the moment it's like, oh, no, what do you mean it's not going well? That's when the kids want to pounce. And they're like, dad, play with us. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say. His kids are kind of annoying. And the mother, she just kind of sits there and watches. She doesn't do dick about it. <laughs> like a very soft uh, stop. That's it. <laughs> well, he promised to spend real time with them during vacation. 
true, but it's a fucking phone call, man. (laughs) (laughs) So this movie, just for you to truly understand the plot of this in the very get-go, starts with Peter and his family watching a play of Peter Pan with his uh, daughter playing Wendy, you know, the, the, the famous role Wendy. And it's cute, and it and they are singing this song about never wanting to grow up. As we look at this uh, grown up Peter who gets a call on his like you know blocky '90s cell phone, hmm. like kind of just leans down in his chair. He's like, "Brad, I'm at my I'm at my daughter's play. Brad, like this better be quick. What's going on here? Just that one parent that totally actually doesn't yeah. care what's going on on the stage, yeah. and like their work life is is what's important." And uh, makes a promise to go to a meeting tomorrow, the next morning, even though that is the same time uh, when his son has their biggest baseball game of the season. Mm-hmm. It's the last game of the season, I think. Last game of the season. So, really just to drive home that Peter grew up to be an excellent father. Really there. Always just locked into what's important. Yeah, and he's like, I promise, man, I'll make it. I Do I ever break my promise? My word is my bond. There you go. My word is my bond. So we cut away to the third annual uh, Date Nut Baseball Tournament Championship Game. What does that mean? I don't know. I had never it? noticed that before until this watch through. <laughs> I've been no. thinking about it for the last two days. Hearing the words date nut, there are many ways that uh, directions I can go with what that could possibly mean. But I am going to vehemently just assume it's for people who love trail mix with only dates and nuts in them. Yeah, you know, for the people that really... You couldn't possibly mean anything else. For the people that really care about just getting that good, good vitamin from the dates. Yep. And making sure they're sticking healthy with the protein from the nuts. Yep. There's not a single verb I can think of that people would use the word nut for. <laughs> that would be really awkward with the word date attached to it. And it's the third annual, you say? For the third annual children's baseball date nut tournament. Third annual sounds like a tradition at this point. Hey, man. Sometimes small towns need what they need, right? (laughs) Hey, what what is... Let's run with that. Let's pull that string on this sweater right now. You think the parents just go home and have a wild swingers party after after the Little League game? They're just like, drop the kids off, go, go, hang out over here. Like, someone will take care, you know, they got a designated place where someone will take care of the kids. And the parents just fucking go date nut ham on each other. (laughs) That's really what it is. The baseball game is for the kids. The date nut is for the parents. The date nut is an invitation. Ah, I feel like we've cracked the code of this movie now. This isn't a Peter Pan story. This is a voyeur story. Yes. An isekai voyeur story. <laughs> it sounds like any anime isekai already. So not yeah, really I, that different. I don't think we've broken any new ground today. Fair. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, they've got a great shot, uh, a great uh, bit where, like, you know, the kids like batting, and he keeps looking at the stands. He sees his mom. He's waiting for his dad and all stuff. I don't know where, like. Some guy who works for his law office or whatever just comes in with a camera and he's just recording. He's like, oh, yeah, there we go. No, I'm recording it for him. It's fine. Wait. Also, we kept cutting away to him at work during the baseball game. Why were they working so hard to give his coworkers personality when we were never going to see any of them again? Um, flesh out the world. Why did we need, like, seven people with individual lines Making sure everyone got their little bit of screen time. You and all of you Chris Nolan fanboys and wanting your flat side characters. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, it's just like, why are you trying to make the people at work that keep him away from his family likable? Like, what is the purpose of this? Oh, you meet people at places who are likable. We don't have to make them inherently evil. It's just 
the nature of the job. Really, I think what we want to focus on is, is his fault. He decided to do this commitment. Well, it's just like when you really when you see these brief moments of their character, you're like, yeah, man, your family kind of sucks. These people seem super chill. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with. I think it's it's to illustrate that it's his choice, it's his decision. It's not like he has like slave driver people at work or people who are just like inherently like, yes, we will keep him from his family while twirling their mustache. I think it's just to illustrate this is all his making, kind of. Well, thing. I mean, also that'd be my my closest. Just guess. like you know, they're cool people you could grab a beer with. Like his son, you can't grab a beer with him. He's kind of annoying. Yeah, he's kind of a dweeb. I don't think he. <laughs> I don't even think he likes beer. I don't like beer. I don't. Th- I don't think he's cool enough to deal with us. <laughs> so he doesn't make it to the baseball game. Surprise. Goes up to an empty field. An empty date nut field. Damn, oh, it's the worst kind of date nut. Or the best? Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> uh, they are now on the plane. They have a family to, uh, trip, Yeah, right? they're, they're on okay. a family, they're on a special family trip. Because we find out that uh, Peter is an orphan. Uh, well, obviously Peter is an orphan. And Wendy, Grandma Wendy... Uh, ran this orphanage that took him in, uh, and he fell in love with Wendy's granddaughter, Moira, and uh, was able to secure parents for him in the United States, the Banning family, where he grew up, later came back, and married Moira. Um, and then they moved back to America, and their life got started. And they're opening... So, Wendy ran this orphanage, and they're opening up this new, like, children's wing for the hospital. And you just have to understand, that's a very interesting take on this, just because, like, we know what Wendy's relationship is with Peter. So to see her have to put that to the side and play this kind of motherly role to this, like, mystical boy. You gotta wonder what was going through her mind all those years. Uh, I actually think it's a pretty, like, healthy display of something like that, because clearly she moved on, she has a granddaughter, so she ended up just like, alright, well, I gotta give up the fantasy of Peter Pan, he's never gonna grow up, kind of thing, so she moves on, has her own life, but apparently shows no resentment whatsoever. But uh, it's also just like, Peter. how do you, how do you raise Peter Pan, you know? Yeah, I don't know, I, she's got that, like, I don't know what age she's supposed to be in the movie, but she's got that wisdom of like older age of like i guess having just a just seeing a boy uh in need i don't know <laughs> yeah that is true because like uh when he came back it's like shown that you know he's his usual peter pan age um he loses his memories once he gives up his immortality to stay in the real world but you also have to understand, in that moment, he didn't know anything really as Peter Pan. He knew how to fight pirates and everything, but he didn't know how to really read. He didn't know basic math skills. Yeah. Like, Wendy had to literally teach him from the ground up and then be able to find a family for him. It's just really incredible work that Wendy puts out in this movie. Yeah. We just have to really just say Wendy is the MVP, even though she's not really in this movie. Yeah, I want to make like a snarky, like very... like. Uh, just like demented comment, but I got nothing. The movie sets it up as so wholesome, like <laughs> it's hard. It's it, I can't I can't twist it. Maggie Smith, Maggie Smith, ah, oh, so beautiful. So yeah, they go back to they go back to the Is that the cat lady. The whole time we were yeah. watching, I was like, yeah, it's the cat lady from the Harry Potters. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they go back to I believe London, right? That's where they live. So that's where yeah, so. Wendy lives, to for the ceremony, and uh, it it's as soon as they step into the house, like Moira is instantly back to her like I'm a kid again phase that every adult goes through, where it's really just like wow, could you stop? You're embarrassing yourself right now. That's what we were supposed to take that as, right? No, oh, no, I'm kind of blanking right now. What was what? <laughs> she just gets really excited, and I, okay. I'm just joking, but like she's excited okay. to be home. Like it's I was your like, at home. I was like, are you making a gaff or did I just bl- black out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's happy to be home, and it, 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 it would have been a home with you know living with a bunch of orphans and all that stuff. So she has a lot of memories there. I'm oh, sure. they, were, they grew up there. 
It was their home, their beautiful yeah. home. And then they have to go to this ceremony. But before the ceremony, <sighs> Peter gets a phone call. Peter gets a very important phone call where apparently they have found these little blue owls on the land that they're going to buy. And like they're about to lose a $6 billion deal. And that's when we really realize how like misbehaving these children are. Yeah, they're kind of shits. You <laughs> really just don't understand. Like, he is they're... on the phone. Don't just jump on him like this. They're at their, like, what would she be? Great grandma now? Great grandma's uh, house or orphanage or whatever. And they're yes. just taking these antique lampshades and lamps off the fucking thing and just kind of moving them around. It's like you could break a light bulb, which is one, dangerous for the kids. Two, you're going to fuck up your great grandma's lamp. And then three, that's potentially a fire hazard. And the mom does nothing. Yeah, no, it just sits sits down, has like a placid smile. Sometimes like, children, stop. He's on the phone. Don't do that. It's like, oh. And he's just like freaking out. He is about to lose a lot of money in this deal. And he's just like, well, somebody just shoot me. <laughs> and the that's when the son decides to make a finger gun and just scream like, bang, at like the top of his lungs. Yeah. Real Tybalt energy on that one. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, he hates it. He gets up, and he fucking yells at the kid. We get, like, a good, like, shot, like, as if we're from, like, a kid's perspective looking at, at Robin Williams. And he's like, what did he say? Did he just say, like, well, everyone just shut up? Or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the phone call of my life here. Yeah. The kids are dejected, and the mom is pissed at him. What the fuck? Yeah, they get into a fight. She throws the phone out the window. Everyone's mad at each other. The son wants nothing to do with Peter. Uh, it's really kind of like a sad moment when they're leaving. And like he says goodbye to the daughter and she's really nice. But then the mom goes to go say goodbye to the daughter and she's like, don't go. It's just like, oh, that really just sucks. And, you know, he tells him the speech of like, be a man, take care of your your sister while I'm away, here's my pocket watch so you always know what time it is because that's really important. And they go to this 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 very fancy dinner and nothing happens. They come home and the movie ends. But beautiful. All right. So, did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Dustin Hoffman hasn't been introduced yet. This movie what? hasn't technically started until he's on the screen. <laughs> no, but we do see clues that he was there. Yes. Because as they come back, there's this fucking, like, horror-style claw mark just going along all the walls leading up to the children's room. Oh, but here's a little fun fact. Um, when they're on the plane to London, you hear the captain's voice on the on the speaker. It's voiced by Dustin Hoffman. No way! <laughs> just to, like, really, like, tease that Captain Hook is in this movie. I mean, it'd be a good tease if I picked up on it. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I couldn't tell. <laughs> but that's cool. That's the only time we have a char- uh, uh, an actor playing a recurring role as another character, right? Yeah, no, um, that never happened again. Honestly, it's a very beautiful dinner they go to, and it's a beautiful ceremony uh, that is dedicating this hospital into uh, to Wendy's name. Um, but when they get back home... The front door is busted in. The maid is passed out. Toodles, Toodles, lost Toodles has marbles. lost his marbles and is going crazy. Uh, and the kids are missing. They what now? The kids are missing. What's that last the, part? The kids are missing. <laughs> I know. Couldn't leave them alone in this orphanage for like one event. Jesus Christ, Wendy. Can't shit show you running. Yeah, what kind of shit orphanage is this? What is this? The kind of orphanage you could just walk out of and take a fucking <laughs> truck to New York from? I gotta stop doing callbacks. It can't be <laughs> everything. Oh my god. Now all these characters are Mary Sue's in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Peter's definitely not a Mary Sue. He can't do shit when he gets to Neverland. <laughs> so... Everyone's distraught. There is a note stabbed into the door with a, like, pirate knife. Just letting them know that, hey, it's James Hook. I need Peter back. I stole your kids. What's up? Mm-hmm. Basically in those exact words. I am not even paraphrasing here. But I do um, remember saying, 
Captain Hook saying, what's up? <laughs> like, he's got his arm, his, his chest puffed out and everything. His arms to his side. What's up? He ain't fronting. He ain't fronting. Nah, dude. What's up? And this is when this is when Wendy decides to tell Peter the truth about who Peter is. Does he take it well? Uh, as well as being told as an adult-ass man that your whole life is a lie and you were originally an eternal child. Yeah, he takes it pretty well, I think. <laughs> Obviously, he freaks out and is just like, Moira, your mom is now insane. Um, but I think he gets a little bit of awakening when we get like a glow inside oh, wait. the dollhouse. Sorry, did I jump ahead? It's well. I mean, was it the glow of something magical or the glow of the scotch he was pouring? Because that was some heavy pours from that decanter. I mean, you just lost your kids. Okay, I guess you get a pass. <laughs> I mean, I drink like that, and I don't even have kids. I think he's allowed a pass. Yep. No, there's a, there's a glowing light that just like shines. He looks out into the sky. He sees a star. And then he realizes the star is getting closer. And then he realizes the star is flying into the room after him. Yeah, it was great. A uh, bit of like, uh, uh, great, uh, great, great acting there. I think on, on like um, Robin Williams because you don't see his point of view. You're just looking from like the windows perspective at him, and he's just there drinking. And he has this very subtle, like, kind of like looking like what? That looks weird. To like this panic, like, oh shit, it's coming this way. (laughs) All that is just like one shot of like his face as he's reacting. Oh my gosh. That's that's when that's when we get to see the Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell's here. Yeah, it's Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts playing Tink, as we call her in this movie. Just Tink. Pixie. And if less is more, there's no end to me, Peter Pan. Peter Panning. Pan. Panning. Pan. Panning. But however you are, it's still you. Because only one person has that smell. Smell? The smell of someone who's ridden the back of the wind, Peter. The smell of a hundred fun summers of sleeping in trees, adventures with Indians and pirates. Oh, remember, Peter? The world was ours. We could do everything or nothing. All I had to be was anything, because it was always us. Oh, no. It finally happened. I'm having a total nervous breakdown. Come on, Peter. Follow me, and all will be well. I'm dying. I'm heading towards the white light. I've left my body. See, there's my house. Way down there. There are my feet. Oh my God, where are we going? Save your children, of course. How do you know about my kids? Everybody knows. Captain Hook's got them and you've got to fight them. Let's fly! Uh, so, yeah, I think a little bit of arguing and trying to convince him and all that stuff. I think, she, uh, how does she convince him? She does get him to start to fly. Uh, she knocks him out. That's right. She knocks him out, ties him up in a sheet, gets some fairy dust on the sheet, flies off, makes a couple kissing in the distance kiss that are, are, are fly up as they're kissing. By the way, that's George Lucas and Carrie Fisher down there that are doing that kissing. That's weird. I know. And they fly like off that. into Neverland. I don't like that factoid. <laughs> you can keep it. I would like to return this, please. Well, it's yours now. Gross. Do with it what you will. Okay, so... Yeah, so she basically just puts him to sleep, gives him cocaine, and we end up in Neverland, right? That's about the gist of it. Yeah, man, cocaine's a hell of a drug. That's all I thought fairy dust was. <laughs> yeah, they're in pirate town, basically. So now we know where Tortuga came from in Pirates of the Caribbean. She wants to take the stealth approach. Little bit of subterfuge. He just doesn't know what the fuck is happening still. It's just like, I just need to, it's like, I, I want, oh, <laughs> just like trying to like stop people. It's just like, I like them shoes, boy. Well, thank you. I'm pretty sure you can get them at Armani. Just so you know, he's out of his depth. Yeah, like an isekai. Um, and very much not a Mary Sue because he's bad. I think he tries to negotiate with the pirates because they got him surrounded and shit. Uh, they're not having it. He tells them to lawyer up. They don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but they're ready to beat ass. Uh, and so he brings out the pocket book, the, the, the checkbook. Starts like, all right, this is the kind of deal you want then. What, what do you, what, what's, what's the wait, amount? Wait, wait, wait. We can't skip ahead. Because as this is going on, and Robin Williams, or Peter has disguised himself as a pirate, we see the glorious hook being sharpened. And put on a velvet pillow where, rest in peace, 
Bob Hoskins playing Smee comes out with the glorious song, Hook, Hook, Give Us the Hook, 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 Where's the Hook, 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 Show Us the Hook. And that's on repeat for three minutes, so you're not going to get annoyed of that really quickly, obviously. I hope that pirates would have better shanties than that. That's real piss poor work, man. But the best Captain Hook then walks out onto the screen. Oh my gosh. Dustin Hoffman in this role brings the best existential Captain Hook energy ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's when I told you, when I said that I've only seen it once in college, it, well, there's a specific part that I remembered the most, I think, from watching it. Because it was too damn hashtag relatable. But we'll get there. Like, he definitely says um, just like, are you guys ready for adventure, you parasitic, putrid sex of entrails? And they don't even know anything of what he said, and he's cheering. They don't like, know what that means, so they're just like, yeah! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, my stupid, sorry, parasitic sacks of entrails. <laughs> Revenge is mine. Long live the hook! I baited that hook, and now I'm very proud to announce we have his children. Jack Maggie. Finally, I'm going to kill Peter Pan, that cocky boy who cut off my hand and fed it to the crocodile. And who killed that cunning crocodile? Who stuffed him? Who made him into a quiet clock? Who went into the other world and stole Pan's children? And who didn't believe I could do it? Who doubted me? Who amongst us does not belong? Someone here does not belong. Stranger amongst a lawyer, I will weed you out. And then just points into the crowd, just like, you! Everyone just kind of parts, and you got two people standing there. And one of them is Peter disguised as a pirate. And there's another, and there is just another pirate with like a beard and like short brown hair, and it's it's not Peter that he's pointing to, but the other one, just like, it was you, right? You're the one that bet against me. You're the one that said I couldn't do it. Just like, just fess up to it. it's like, and then the pirate starts crying. He's like, yes, you made a boo boo. <laughs> about a grown ass old man pirate telling one of his bearded subordinate pirates, "You made a boo-boo. you made a boo boo. Put him in the boo box." <laughs> no, not the boo. And I thought this was gonna be some kind of bullshit. Like, oh, it's a kid's story, right? Time out. No, the boo box. A box where they put you in, like they throw you in a treasure chest, like box. Oh. Oh, Open up. Oh, so what What would they do with this treasure, with this boo box? With a name like boo box, what do we think they fucking do to you? What What do you think they, well, obviously it's a, it's a box with a locked spirit within it. It just goes boo every time you're in it. It's a little startling. Yeah, that could work. Right, right. Well, what do it, you think the boo box is? I thought it was just kind of some bullshit, like, <laughs> timeout corner, like, where they just, like, you're just like fucking like against nose against the corner like a fucking Blair Witch thing, and people are just like, nope, can't turn around. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, it, it's oh. it's a box with a lid so they can throw scorpions in on you while you're locked in this box. Oh, that makes way much more sense. Damn it. Also, uh, fun fact: the pirate they threw in is played by Glenn Close. Why the actress Glenn Close? I. Apparently, this movie just had a bunch of celebrities visiting it constantly. Like Angelina Jolie, John Voight. Really? And then you got Glenn Close. They were vis- They weren't in it. They would just visit while they were filming oh, the movie. Okay. And then uh, even in later, earlier in the movie, like after the kids have been kidnapped, uh, they call a they call the police, obviously. And the inspector is played by Phil Collins. And you're like, why are so many just like random celebrities why? in this movie? <laughs> but anyway, like, were they? They're filming some kind of Disney like cartoon or something like that nearby, and they're just like, "Hey, you guys, while we're on break, whatever, someone want to drop by the hook set?" And they're like, mm, "I'm not doing yeah, anything." It's like, it's like our our boy Steven Spielberg's there. It's just like, "Ah, oh, Steven, <laughs> let's go." Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Might I might just be like, I mean, shit, I would say hey to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, put put the beard on me and the hat. Fuck it, do it. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Uh, put what, me you're, in, gonna put, you're gonna put me in a box of those scorpions on me now? Yeah, what that's now? fine. Put me in the boo box. So, Hook, Peter reveals himself, tells Hook, 
you've got everything mistaken. I am not Peter Pan. I am Peter Banning. When Smee walks out, it's like, don't you dare tell me I didn't do my fucking research. I did my research. Oh, yeah. I know exactly who you are, Peter Banning. And he even proves it with the scar that Hook gave Pan in one of their fights. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, he's Peter Pan, you know, two uh, wife, two kids, this and that. He's got the sky. He's about this height, this weight, all this shit. He's a lawyer, works as a lawyer or some shit. You're like, God damn, Smee, he's going above and over on your job. He's even got his dental records. That's right. He's even got his dental records. Everything they need to prove he is Peter Pan. So Peter does not succeed in getting his children. Falls off the plank after Tink makes a deal with uh, Hook to give them three days to get Pan back in shape and give him the great pirate war that Hook wants. Yeah, he's got three days. And Hook agrees. Because that was Tinkerbell's haggling. And uh, Peter gets saved by some mermaids who then each one makes out with him for a little bit. Don't tell Moira. It puts air in his lungs. They were saving his life. Yeah, that's why. That's, that's, what, that's why. what you tell the wife. That's exactly what you tell the wife. And uh, he makes it finally to the area of the Lost Boys, back home. And he's greeted warmly by all of his fellow children who remember him instantly. And they're all friends and start preparing for the war. Yes, if by warm greeting you mean... A bunch of ageism and fat phobia jokes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, those kids always hammer on. They even, like, in the mo- training montage later when they're training him up, they're just constantly going in on him about his weight, about how old he is. Just dunking on him as hard as they can. It's like, Jesus Christ, kids. It's like, I know there's is just a bunch of, like, asshole kids who have, like, no boundaries and, like, no parents, but, like, Damn, you're like, y'all have had years to, like, look at yourselves, man. <laughs> sorry, I just wish the Lost Boys would be better. Well, sorry, they're led by the great Rufio, who is totally fine with ageism and fatphobic jokes. This fucking nerd <laughs> Rufio. Rufio, Rufio, Rufio! Damn, where'd you get that chant? That's totally bangerang, man. <laughs> Can't crow, can't fly, can't fight. This man ain't the pan. And no one believes in him. All the kids, I think, are just razzing him, throwing shit at him, and shooting arrows at his ass. Until a small, innocent boy reaches up to Peter's face. And he plays that game that you do in Mario 64, where you could just stretch Mario's face everywhere and make funny little, like... You, like, bring his eyelids down, you pull the cheeks out, the ears up. You bring the whole brow line down. And then after he lets go and and uh, Robin Williams' face goes, wow, 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 wow. Uh, he's like, it is, Pan. <laughs> Peter, it is you. Yeah. And that's when, like, seven other kids obviously see the mystical powers of this boy as well. It's just like, Peter, it is Peter. Peter's back, everybody. And that's when Rufio really starts feeling his inferiority complex start coming through. Uh, It's just like, you think this old fat man is the pan? I've got the sword. I'm the pan now. Damn. But uh, Tinkerbell. So obviously it's going well. Tinkerbell convinces them to give it a shot. They're like, hey, come on. Let's train him up. He'll be back to... Back to old Peter Pan, you know, shape in no time, and we're gonna go and we're gonna fight that war and take on Hook. What's happening with Hook? What's what's he about? He just got these kids he's kidnapped, and he has nothing nothing to do with them for three days. Like, what's left for Hook now? What purpose does Hook have? Old washed up Peter Pan. Peter Pan is a joke. All the pirates are stupid. He's done everything he can. Death would be the greatest adventure, I guess. Death is the only great adventure he has left. So he has an epiphany. Mood. (laughs) He has an epiphany. It's time for him to die. And Smee just goes, Aw, you're not being dramatic again, are you? (laughs) No, I'm really doing it this time, Smee. Don't stop me. Don't try to stop me this time. I'm gonna do it. I'm Cocks going to... the gun, puts it up to the temple. Don't stop me, Smee. Smee, I'm going to do it. Don't stop me. Stop. I'm not going to do it, sir. I'm not going to stop you, sir. Stop me, Smee. Stop me. 
<laughs> For God's sake, get up here. I've got a bun to my head, Smee. Stop me. <laughs> and then after 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 Smee goes up and puts the gun down and everything, Captain Hook looks at him and is like, don't you ever scare me like that again, Smee. <laughs> it's a really good scene. So beautiful. And so Smee is doing his best to... There also was uh, one point where he was... Saying, I'm gonna do it, Shmi, I'm gonna do it. And Shmi just looks at me and says, Not again. Like, not this again. <laughs> He's like, Nope, I'm not gonna stop you. Not this time. Uh, so as he's like debating what he should do, uh, Shmi goes, has a moment, just like, I've just had an apostrophe, an epiphory. Lightning has just struck my brain and tells him he could make. Pan's kids love him more than they love no Peter. No kids love Hook. No kids love Captain Hook. Oh, but he is the charmiest captain of the seven seas. With a little bit of work, he could make the kids love them. That would be a really good just like revenge on, on Peter Pan, I guess. Yeah, show up the day of the war and both kids Which... are on uh, Hook's side fighting for him. We didn't mention, but at one point, uh, Peter ends up like on a ship mast or whatever, and the kids are hanging suspended on a net. And Hook tells him, he said, "If you can get there, if you can reach them, then I'll let you all go." Kind of thing. Uh, and then, yeah, he's just trying to reach them, can't do it, and he gets kind of freaked out. So he's just holding onto the pole while his kids, just like his boy, is just like really disappointed. He's like, "Come on, Dad, don't give up." And eventually he gives up, and that's when they oust him from the ship. I can't do it. Yeah. But anyway, we go to montage. Because you gotta have a montage. With Peter being trained up. A lot of more uh, jokes about his age and uh, his weight and how he doesn't have the youthful spryness of a child. He can't even fight with a sword. Can't fight with a sword. Uh, can't do push-ups that great. But here's the thing. When you're looking at this, you're like, wait, Robbie Williams, do you have a six-pack right now? You're putting in the work? Getting cut for Peter Pan? Yep. Yeah, we got a little, we got a couple shots where we're like, wait, is, is Robbie Williams cut? Like, like, Robbie Williams must be cut. And I... Diamonds over here. I love the part where they're trying to make, like, get him to fly again. They have him like a giant rubber band launcher. It's just like, just think happy thoughts. Just like, happy thoughts not being in this slingshot. That would make me really happy. As he flies through the yep. air and doesn't fly. He falls and, and it hurts. And But let's get to the more important scene. The, everyone knows this scene. It is the best scene that everybody who like saw this when it first came out remembers. The invisible dinner scene. Yeah. Where after a full day of training, Peter is starving. Food has been made. Uh, the Lost Boys has set the table with all of the... Uh, uh, dishes they have prepared, everything's covered. Rufio comes and sits down. Everyone goes quiet. He's just like, everyone folds their hands. He's just like, now everybody say grace. And as Peter starts praying, they just scream, grace! And just open up all these tins and everything is just steaming and empty. And they're just going at it and just pretending to eat food in front of Peter. I was just like, man, these are all my favorite never foods. Yeah, this kid makes himself what I assume is like the biggest burger I've ever seen. Like that kid's got to open his mouth wide. And even then his fingers are still like way the fuck up there. Like, I don't know See, what this kid's eating, but it looks it, it looks like it imaginatively could be delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's making the ultimate sandwich in my eyes. And uh, Tink's just like, go on, eat, Peter. It's just like, eat, eat what? Gandhi ate more than this right now. <laughs> and it's just like, you just have to imagine it, Peter. It's just like, imagine it. And Rufio immediately slams him down. Just like, he can't. He's too old to use an imagination. Eat your heart out, you prinkled, wrinkled, fat head. You're a very ill-mannered young man. You're you know a that? slug and worm. Come on, you can do better than that. can't believe you're encouraging me. Yeah, 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 show me your fastball dust brain, you paunchy sag bottom puke pot. You are a very poor role model for these kids. Do you know that? I bet you don't even have a fourth grade reading level. Immortal suck navel. Well, maybe a fifth grade reading level. Boil dripping beef 
fart-sniffing bubble butt. Someone has a severe caca mouth. Do you know that? You are a fart factory. Slug slime, sack of rat guts and cat vomit. Cheesy scab-picked pimple-squeezing finger bandage. A week-old maggot burger with everything on it and flies on the side. Substitute chemistry teacher. Come on, Rubio, hit a mat. Mung tongue. Math tutor. Pinhead. Prison barber. In your face, camel cake. In your rear, cow derriere. Lion, crying, spying, prying, ultra pig. You lewd, crude, rude, bag of pre chewed food, dude. Bag of rain, Peter! You man! Stupid, stupid man! Rufio, if I'm a maggot burger, why don't you just eat me? You two-toned, zebra-headed, slime-coated, pimple-farming, paramecium brain, munching on your own mucus, suffering from Peter Pan envy! What's a paramecium brain? I'll tell you what a paramecium is. That's a paramecium. It's a one-cell critter with no brain that can't fly. Don't mess with me, man. I'm a lawyer. Just like they get into an insult contest, Peter gets the upper hand after regaining his uh, his his childlike stature of insults by throwing te- like the most. He tells tells the boy that he's got like Peter Pan envy. Which I feel is both a dick joke and also a really low blow. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to hit Rufio where it hurts, you know? Yeah. He's got to assert dominance as the pan. He does it. Everyone even asks him, what's a paramecium brain? He's like, him, a single-celled organism or something like that that can't even fly. That's what he says. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and can't fly. <laughs> Just Damn. really rubbing it in. You will never be the pan. You'll never be me. And then while everyone's screaming Pan's name, uh, Bangarang Pan, uh, he's just like, hey, Rufio, why don't you go suck on a dead dog's nose? And flings a spoon at him, and instantly pie filling hits Rufio. And he looks down at the spoon, and there's like, and it, actually, it probably was more of a trifle, but we'll not get into that. Sees the mess on his spoon, looks down, and all the kids are like, you're doing it, Peter. You're doing it. And instantly, the biggest food spread is just on this table now. Yeah, it does legitimately look like a pretty delicious feast. Oh, it, looks, oh, it looks amazing. Cream pies, full that, turkeys. Yeah, aside from whatever that cream filling they have is that they just kind of use, we're like, well, we need it to look full, so let's just put cream filling everywhere. Uh, there's too much of that. That's too much sugar. I'm... I... <laughs> Oh unless, yeah, unless too I can much imagine sugar for a bunch of kids. Unless I can imagine the diabetes away, I, I I'm good. I'm That's good. Exactly what's necessary. So Peter has uh, starts a food fight, and it's amazing, and he's imagining it, and everyone's happy, and Pan is back, and Rufio grabs a coconut. It's like, hey, Pan throws it at him. Peter gets thrown the sword. He grabs it, does a perfect spin, and cuts that coconut right in half. Uh, at the same time. Peter or uh, Peter's kids are getting a lesson on why parents hate their children. And what what was it again? They hate. They tell them stories. Oh, to son. shut them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so they can get some sleep. It's like, oh, before you were born, your parents would go out, have fun. They had freedom, and then when they had you, they had to put you to sleep, yeah, just so they can go back to doing whatever they want. So that's why they tell you stories. And having fun again. And they fail the little girl because the little girl is smart. It's just like. Remember that our parents love us, Jack. While Jack is already going through like amnesia issues because of the magic of Neverland. And it's just like... And Smee, doing his excellent research, is able to give the facts Hook needs to start gaslighting this kid. Just going like, he went to your sister's play but didn't go to your date nut baseball championship game, did he, Jack? Yeah, no, because once again, Smee puts in the legwork above and beyond. Best pirate henchman ever. And Jack is believing him. Uh, Wait. Before the little girl gets taken away, she's like, never, don't forget, Jack. (laughs) Don't forget who you are. And so we get a little bit more interaction with Peter and the Lost Boys. He's trying to figure out who he is. And Hook, at the same time, is trying to get close to Jack. So the Lost Boys try to get Peter to play an old game, which was Steal the Hook, which is what it is. Steal Captain Hook's 
Hook hand. And while they're doing this, at the same time, Captain Hook is putting on a baseball game for Jack. Which they do not know baseball all that well, or they have their own rules for baseball. So, <laughs> obviously, because one guy tries to steal the base, he's like, he's stealing second! And another pirate gets up and just immediately fires on him to kill him. Like, these pirates are very much against stealing base. Like, you wouldn't think it. <laughs> but lawful bunch of fools here for the rules. They really care they about fair play. No stealing. Hook has to stop and just like, no, no, that's allowed. No firing on people. Jack mints it a moment of horror as he realizes again that he's with a bunch of pirates. But then again, amnesia kicks in and he's ready to play some baseball. Uh, Peter cannot steal the hook because he's too distracted watching his son. It's just like, don't throw the curveball. He always has trouble with the curveball. Terrible at the curveball. Oh my god, my son sucks at the curveball. Like, ugh, sometimes I wish the curveball could have been my son. <laughs> at least that achieved amount of success <laughs> at the fucking... Date what was it nut. called? Date night. Baseball championship. But uh, Jack, with a strength unbeknownst to any, hits it legitimately out of Neverland. Or just, like, onto the other side of the island, basically. And it's somewhere on, like, the north part of the compass on the in the water. Yeah. <laughs> actually, it stays up in the air for quite some time. Oh, we'll get it back to... It comes on later, actually. Yeah, we'll get back to the ball a little bit later. But when Peter's about to cheer, just like, yeah, that's my Jack, uh, Hook shouts, that's my Jack. And... Jack is beaming, the pirates have him on their shoulders, and Peter is just heartbroken. Drops all his pirate gear and runs home back to Neverland, like to where like the, the Lost Boys are, uh, realizing that he is failing his children. Yeah. And that's when he realizes he's got to fly. And starts like jumping around and everything. Yeah. But, but, but he's reasonable about it. He goes like way up at the top of this little cliff and he's like, no, 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 that's Let, too high. I don't need to let's just start that. Goes to like, go to like, yeah, three steps down. I'm like, yeah, fuck that shit. You're either flying or you don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I need to do that to your knees right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm finding out that I'm a real big, like, dork, like, fucking Peter Benning. So the ball comes flying out of the air, then perfectly hits Peter in the head. He passes out for a second, gets up, looks into his reflection is having a hallucination because he just sees a childlike version of himself in the water. And then his shadow starts trying to sign language to him and sh shadow speak. Yeah. And that's when you realize Peter has fully lost his mind in Neverland. More cocaine. This is a hell of a trip, man. Uh, but it leads into like this weird little like hidden tree stump base of some kind or housing. Where him, Wendy, and uh, the other boys would live. In sin, how dare she live unmarried with all these young boys? No, um, <laughs> like throwing around the weird preacher <laughs> shit every time. Uh, but yeah, he finds uh, you're like, oh yeah, that's where, where he's like telling Tinkerbell's like, that's where we used to tell stories. She used to tell stories. We would sit there. This is where that guy would be. This is where that guy would be. And he finds Taddy, his little bear, his Taddy, and and he remembers he did have a mom and he ran away because he didn't want to grow up because he didn't want responsibility and to not have fun anymore and he was too scared to hear his future in front of him and he realizes his happy thought though at the end of the day was the moment he became a father and he gains the ability to fly again and his memories back and the pan returns to Neverland. Yay! <laughs> he goes around crowing like a rooster, like an asshole in the sky, doing front yeah, flips. <laughs> Gets the sword back from Rufio, makes a line, everyone crosses it. Rufio fully respects him now that he knows that this is truly Peter Pan, the god of his little shrine that he keeps in his room that no one knows about. And it's time for war, baby. Yay! Um, meanwhile, uh, Jack's got his own like little, his little like Captain Hook wig, and his own like little dress. Uh, <laughs> it's adorable. Um, yeah, actually, he's, in the, he's so cute. Before that, I think we well skipped over it. Was the scene where he he shows him like all the broken clocks because they killed the alligator, 
and uh, broke the clock. They think that it ate, and then he shows them like anytime they run into clocks, they break them. So they have like a bonding moment where they break, have Jack break clocks. Um, but he has the pocket watch that his dad gave him. It's like this is for not coming to my baseball game. Yeah. I mean, for a while, though, when he sees that they're freaking out because they can't find the clock, he's yucking it up, man. He's like, whoa, man, this is far out and shit. As, like, him and Smee are just kind of like, I still hear the ticking. I hear the ticking, Smee. <laughs> it's like, it's impossible. It can't be ticking, man. It destroy- I don't know why I sound like this. But yeah. <laughs> Listen, your, Mario's here breaking Ho- all your clocks. Exactly. I was like, this is your Bob Hoskins Mario impression. <laughs> Uh, so Jack is fully indoctrinated into the pirate life, and he's getting his final test, which is a pierced ear. A pirate earring. His first earring before the war and slaughter oh, of others. Actually, uh, does, is Hook even thinking about the war anymore? Oh, yeah, he's ready. Oh, I thought, like, he, like, when Peter Pan showed up, he was like, oh, yeah, the war kind of thing. Because he ended up just... No, he just had that. He that's why they were out. That's why he had him in that full dress and Mm. all the pirates on the ship already, because he knew he'd be coming. And then he's just like, "Look at your son now," or "I believe this is my son now, Peter." And that's when this beautiful fight begins. And that's when we see Robin Williams has some good swordsman work. Just really giving it his all. A lot of shots where you get like a good like shot of his face, and he's doing his little like sword stuff, and he's moving around a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you don't see Duff- Dustin Hoffman's face. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> their, their duel comes up later because yeah, he fights a bunch of pirates. I think kills a few. Oh, definitely, <laughs> he is stabbing through pirates like no tomorrow in front of his child, just like to save my child, I will massacre all of you. Yeah, and then he flies up to show that he's Pan as. Pan does. Yeah. Then they catch him in a net. And Pan's got a sword. Rufio's got a sword. The pirates and Hook have swords and guns. And all the other Lost Boys have paint guns, chicken egg guns, like paint bombs. One rolls into a ball and like uses himself to knock people down like bowling pins. Bowling Boy. I don't know his name. I just called him Bowling Boy. His name's Thud. His name's Bowling Boy. <laughs> and yeah, they just he just pick, he cartoonishly picks his legs up all the way up to his shoulders. And he's just like, roll me. And, whatever, and they just roll him down ramps <laughs> and shit. And he just takes out pirates. I'm like, he was really effective, actually. I like hearing that. Roll me. <laughs> and yeah, this the Great Pirate War begins. And peop, like pirates are dying. Uh, Lost Boys are putting up a crazy fight. All the pirates from Pirate Town are then summoned to keep fighting. Pan is just murking pirates left and right. Rufio is murking pirates left and right. And yet not a single child casualty. A travesty. How? (laughs) Seriously. Uh, But then, as he's like convincing his son back to his side, Rufio is about to fight Hook, but that's when Peter's just like, no, Hook's mine. But then hears his daughter screaming, so goes and flies off to save Maggie, his daughter, and that's when he's just like, you hear Dustin Hoffman just like, Rufio, Rufio, just like taunting this little child mm-hmm. with his sword, just like, fight me, boy, fight me. Man, Prince Zuko really gives it his all in this movie. That guy plays Prince Zuko? Yes, Dante Bosco, who plays... Then he always plays a dumb nerd. <laughs> always getting his ass beat. All right. <laughs> Rufio gets into That's this funny. like big sword fight with Hook and uh he's actually getting the upper hand in everything and it's going really well for him and he's just like even like looky looky I got hooky until like Hook does this weird like sword flourish pretends to stab down then totally stabs through him just doing like a weird like Darth Maul <laughs> Phantom Menace move yeah but it works, just like it did with Darth Maul. He struck that nerd down. And that's when we do get the casualty. The casualty of Rufio. <laughs> Hooray! Dumb nerd. And as Rufio's dying in Peter's arms, he's just like, you know what my wish would have been? I wish I could have had a dad as cool as you. And it's just like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that's when you look at your son and be like, see? <laughs> so, Pan and Hook. Have their final fight. 
And you're right. Uh, now that I think about it, you never see Dustin Hoffman's face. No, not really. Like you saw, I think a little bit with his fight with Rufio, but you don't really seem to do all these intricate, like little uh, sword moves or whatever. Because I'm assuming Dustin Hoffman didn't want to worry about learning how to play with a sword. <laughs> I, I don't really mind. Dustin Hoffman brought the best energy to this movie. He is by far one of the best parts of this movie. But yeah, uh, Peter and Hook have their fight throughout the town, and it's very flashy, and you know, the Lost Boys are uh, cheering for him, his kids are cheering for him, and obviously he gets the upper hand without an issue, you know, he's he's Pan, he's gonna win, Yeah. and that's when Hook begs for mercy and reminds them that the world must always have uh, Captain James Hook. And Peter warns him never to come near his family again, or else he will come back and end him. And uh, they leave on mutual terms. Hook does nothing wrong, and uh, the movie ends. Except surprise, motherfucker! He's got a sword up his sleeve, <laughs> literally. Uh, and then, yeah, he just kind of ejects it out from his sleeve in a pretty, like, baller move. And then... Yeah, like Assassin's yeah. Creed style. And then, like, yeah, he goes in for, like, a, even though, like, you get, like, this really kind of clumsy looking shot where it's like he's walking up on on robin williams robin williams looks like he has enough time to bring out a sword but he goes turns around puts his hand on the sword lets go of the sword and then just kind of puts his hands up as dustin hoffman puts him against the wall and has a sword against him and instead of stabbing uh and killing hook everyone starts like throwing up clocks and he keeps hearing the ticking the tick yeah. tick ticking of the clock and then the giant alligator that he had killed and turned into the town clock falls down and legitimately this stuffed animal somehow eats Hook and just he vanishes inside. Yeah, it even burps. Like full on Kirby style. Yeah, very, very heavy on the boar. <laughs> very Kirby style. Very heavy on Kirby boar. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, he just he's dead. All right, game over. We win. And... They can celebrate and go home, right? Pan, yeah, Pan uh, passes on the sword to Thud, tells him that your job is to protect everyone smaller than you. And that's when a small child asks, then who do I protect? And he's like, never bugs. Yeah. Little ones. I was thinking like he was going to give the sword to the one kid that believed in him in the beginning. Uh, No, he's not. No. Like I think that that would that would have been more meaningful. I think Thud I think because of the bowling ball technique. I'm just saying it would have been much more much more like touching if he'd have, like give the ki- one kid who believed in when no one else did who played Mario with his face. If you'd have given him the sword, I think that would have meant a lot more. Yeah, I understand, but let's be real. Like <laughs> that boy is 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 still too small. <laughs> They're all child soldiers. Who cares? <laughs> As long as you believe right in here. I'm pointing at my heart. (laughs) That helped remind him of what his happy memory could be. Because he was thinking about regular happy memories. But when Thud tells him, it's like, my happy memory is my mother. Do you remember your mother, Peter? Like helping him unlock, you know? I'm I'm just saying. I get you. But anyway, they fly off back home. The kids get back into their beds. Peter wakes up in a park across town. No one knows why. Moira's ecstatic. Maggie's ecstatic. The kids are back. Wendy seems like she knew this was going to happen. Peter finds the phone, throws the phone away because he realizes family's more important, and tells the children never to close the window again so they can always be able to fly out. Really good fake out too, because like he got mad at his kid at the beginning for like having the window open. He's like, "You're gonna fall out, you know. Don't don't close the window or don't open the window, whatever." And then like, yeah, when he when his kids are all like happy and celebrating, whatever. He's like, "What have I told you uh, about this window? Always keep it open." And they're just like, "Oh, bitch, it's happening again." <laughs> but yeah, he says, "Oh, always keep it open." It's like you never said that, like ever, like what. What do you mean? You lying, you lying son of a bitch. (laughs) You're not my dad. (laughs) You're not my dad. Uh, And it's just a happy ending. Um, They, oh, it turns out Toodles didn't uh, did lose his marbles. They somehow got lost in Neverland. So Thud gives uh, Peter Toodles' bag of marbles to give to him, which also has some fairy dust. 
So Toodles flies off into the English sky, and no one questions that at all. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's just an everyday thing there in England. They got they got Mary Poppins, they got Harry Potter. I mean, come on, everyone gets it. And Smee, the true hero of this story, learns to get out of a toxic relationship, steals all of Hook's personal jewels, uh, flies off into the real world, takes the job as a park cleaner, well, probably steals the uniform of a park cleaner, so Peter doesn't yeah, recognize he's, him. He, he's mopping <laughs> up a body somewhere. Just, and just that's sets, what he's sweeping. Sets up his new life in London, away from the toxicness of James Hook. Yeah. where I guess he's going to be a private eye because he's really good at investigating people. Oh, he's going to sell those jewels, move to a uh, different country, and just live that easy life. Just instead of going to Neverland, he's going to Toontown. <laughs> oh, uh, one of the words that they shout in the insult contest is farsighted gynecologist. Nearsighted gynecologist. Oh, nearsighted gynecologist. Which I gotta oh think. Oh my gosh. Mm, they're saying something there. Oh my gosh. But that's that's Hook. That's the whole movie. And I we got through it and we explained it and I feel like I... I don't want people to think that I just watched this with, like, the rose-tinted glasses of, like, nostalgia. Going through it and having taken this long to explain it, we still cut stuff out from this movie. This movie runs way too long. This movie is two and a half hours long. The beginning especially feels like it drags. Yeah, that's the biggest gripe I have with this movie. It runs incredibly long. But other Uh... than that... I think we've gotten far enough that I could talk about that scene I was mentioned very early. Uh, so when he's got his pocketbook and he's telling the pirates name of the prize, yeah. well, the pirate shoots the pocketbook and a pirate in the background. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny and wanted to mention it. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of scenes like that that we could mention. Are you trying to tell me that pirates don't have workplace safety? I don't think they have a lot of forethought. Uh, OSHA's going to have a field day once we report that. Yeah, I'm going to have, after this, I'm going to have a lot of uh, pirates, pro-pirate people who are mad at me, and Christopher Nolan fans. (laughs) And people really into Vore. I didn't shame Vore, I just said it was Kirby style. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) I will shame Vore, but not today. (laughs) But, overall, for Hook, Kaz, did you like it? fun like you were saying it's got some fun magical moments some good you know funny stuff to talk about i do this probably is i don't really like uh dustin hoffman but it plays a damn good hook and like as we were saying it's it's a it's a little slow I could use a little bit of tightening here but it's got some good charm and it's wholesome as fuck <laughs> it's true so yeah I like it it's fun it's got good music john williams does a great job with the score Got that uh, classic hook theme that people would know. That like it's it it flows well. A surprisingly robust cast. Very robust cast. So squaring. Yes. Did you like it? Yeah. Even even coming back to it as an adult and seeing like the kind of problems the movie does have i really do like this movie um i'm not the biggest peter pan fan but i will always come back to this movie because i like its story i like its like feel good nature and by the end of it you're just kind of happy it's my it's one of my comfort movies is the best way to put it oh okay yeah like i'm not gonna say this is the best movie ever made or the best children's movie ever but it is a great comfort film if you're just looking for a fun Peter Pan story and a great Robin Williams movie. But that that's the gist of the movie. At the end of the day, we've watched a Peter Pan movie. It's a good Peter Pan movie, but it's not really breaking any new ground. Like, you don't have to go out of your way to watch this movie, but if you want to have a fun time, put it on. Yeah, exactly. All right, you got anything to plug, Kaz? I just our channels. So, as always, we do the... Uh... We, we do our little conversations, this podcast live uh, Friday before they come out on Spotify at twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. We're also variety streamer. This goes, does we do it every Friday around 10 o'clock uh, central U.S. time. 
Uh, but other than that, we're usually variety streamers playing all kinds of weird shit, like Mario Sunshine. But two of us each have a different side of the controller. Uh, Elden Ring, Ace Attorney, fun, weird shit like that. And also, um, we got, we're here, joined today, as we always are, every week, with Sir Squarin. It's twitch.tv forward slash Sir Squarin. That's Sir, S-Q-U-A-R-I-N. And he's also a variety streamer. He's been busy lately, but he'll get back to what I think he's got some Kingdom Hearts left to do. Oh, so much Kingdom Hearts left to do. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm trying to. I'm drawing a blank on what other games you've been playing lately. Nah, just I've I've been busy lately. I will get back to yeah, it. It's true. Just a variety okay. of stuff. Shout out always to our editor, uh, at Tucker Wins, uh, Twitch.tv/Tucker uh, underscore Wins. He uh, puts in a lot of work for us every week. These uh, episodes come out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere you can get your podcasts. Um, so if you like what you hear, feel free to share it. Feel free to leave a review. We really appreciate it. And uh, next week we are going to be tackling a interesting film from the 50s, to say the least. Uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers with uh, Sarah Apocalypse joining us again for this movie, as it is our first musical of So Did You Like It. Yeah. You might remember her from our uh, our episode on Prince of Egypt. Uh, so, any final words? Bangerang? Bangerang!